Let's bring in a guy who covers the Charlotte 49ers for the Charlotte Observer. He also covers the Charlotte Hornets for the Charlotte Post. He's got many gigs, and he's good at them all. Hunter Bailey, back with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Uh, he's usually going to be in studio, by the way, through the end of basketball season, but he's traveling this week. Hunter Bailey, what's up, brother? How are you? I'm good, guys. Appreciate y'all having me on. Yeah, it's good to have you back. It's good to have you back. Let, let's get to the 49ers real quick since we're on the subject here. Um, that, that They took a tough loss on Saturday. In fact, they've taken back-to-back uh, tough losses. They got uh, they got woodshedded by Memphis earlier in the week, and then they, they lose a heartbreaker to Tulsa on Saturday. Uh, just size up there last week for me and where you are, where you think they are in the pursuit of the postseason. Definitely, man. You've seen seen the fans on social media kind of take a step back in the expectations for the team, and I I think it might be a little premature. It was a tough road trip going to Memphis, a team that had their back against the wall. Um, I mean, you're thinking about a team that's top 10 in the country earlier in the year, superior talent athletically, and then, like I mentioned, back against the wall, knowing that they need these wins to even keep an at-large bid for the NCAA tournament tournament alive. So that was tough, right? You deal with basically play an entire first half without Lakai Patterson. He picks up three fouls in the first three minutes of the game. And then you really just didn't have the guard play down the stretch that they needed. I mean, when you get six combined points from your starting starting guards, you're not going to win a whole lot of games, especially against a good team like Memphis with such good guard play with Quinterly and others. And then you head down to, to Tulsa, a game that, I mean, you got to say it, they should have won that game. And they, they lead by 14. They've had a couple games like that this year, including one out South Florida where they hold these big leads in the first half and then teams start clawing back. And you, you talk about little Virginia with the slow pace, sometimes the low pace, slow pace allows that to happen in these games. But Charlotte's got to be aggressive, man, especially in the second half of these games. Guys like Igor Milicic have to get to the rim, get to the free throw line, and kind of even out these possessions, right? You you need your stars to make plays on the stretch, and I think Charlotte's got the guys to do it. They just need to bounce back in a bad way on Saturday. Oh, it's a big opportunity, too. As you, It's a big opportunity against South Florida, the, the team atop the conference right now. They got Charlotte a couple of weeks ago. And, and speaking of, right, you've got uh, a conference, conference standings have South Florida at the top. Uh, Florida Atlantic and Charlotte tied at 11 and four in conference UAB right behind them by a half a game. How, how, how many bids does this conference get come tournament time? I think it's two, man. And I think, I mean, I talked about the struggles from Charlotte's past week. They really did get bailed out with some other teams at the top of the league. FAU taking loss, SMU taking a loss. They got bailed out by some other teams having some bad play, but they are still trending towards this double by uh, in Fort Worth in the AAC tournament. And like I say, winning this game, like South Florida, more than likely is going to win the league outright. They would need to drop their last three for Charlotte to have a chance to even get a share of it. But getting getting back on track, I mean, the last time Charlotte lost two in a row, they beat top 25-ranked FAU at home. This weekend, they got top 25-ranked USF at home. So they got, got a chance for a bounce back here. Love it. Hunter Bailey with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Let's uh, talk about the Hornets here for a couple of minutes. Let's go back to Friday. Uh, Bone joked with me last night on the pregame show that, you know, we're just going to forget about that when we move on. But I don't think we can. Uh, It was an ugly game offensively. Uh, Both teams under 100. We also had the dust up at the end between Lester Quinones and Miles Bridges, which turned into Grant Williams and Draymond Green. What did you think of Friday, a night that I think we were all expecting to celebrate the reunion of three Currys, but instead it was an ugly basketball game with a fight at the end? Yeah, I think the best way to sum it up is that clip of uh, Steve Clifford and uh, Steve Kerr (laughs) shaking hands right at the end of the game. I'm not going to quote what Steve Clifford says, but that's the – 
I mean, just tough game, right? The Hornets' defense has been electric. They're holding teams. So I think it's like 98.6 points per 100 possessions. Shout out James Clawright for that stat. They have been great defensively. But, I mean, you just saw in that game, it's tough to get it going against a team like Golden State on the road at the Chase Center. And Golden State's another team fighting for their playoff lives, man. They're sitting in the 9-10 seed right now. Like, it's it's go time for them. I think kind of the post-game exchange, some frustrations boil over. But this – I mean, I really like that Grant Williams steps into that. Like, also getting kind of clowned on social media for letting – or people talking at him, this and that. But step standing up for your teammates – really making a difference in that leadership aspect in the locker room is what this team's needed for how long now. So I, I love to see that. Shout out Grant for that. No, I love that. I, I I took issue, you know, Draymond's comments after the game about Grant. Like, I don't know how you interpret that where Draymond's up there saying, you know, d- you know, stop being the tough guy. You don't want to be the tough guy. And it's like, I don't, I, I understand that Grant Williams has a little bit of that reputation, but, you know, personally, I've never thought that, it was over the top or anything, and I've got no problem with the guy. Draymond says, you want to be pre- president of the Players Association and this and that, and it's like, okay, because he's a smart guy, he can't also be tough? I, I don't get that. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like he's trying to stake his claim in the league. You talk about a guy that's been in the finals, been in the playoffs almost every year in his career, played with talented guys like Tatum, obviously now Luka in Dallas, and now he's here in Charlotte with a much more pronounced role Whereas before, he's kind of been that rotational 3 and D guy. He's stepping into being one of the best defenders on this team, and that comes with being able to step to someone in a heated exchange like that, right? Draymond, I mean, I'll say this, man. Draymond's like the greatest tough guy I've seen in my life watching basketball. Obviously, Dennis Rodman, a lot of guys before that. But when I think of someone who can talk and back it up, Draymond is up there. So you hate to hear him say something like that about Grant. But I think Grant is kind of finding his way. And, I mean, he's accepted a whole new role in the locker room, I mean, we talked about the trade deadline with this team, shipping a couple of players out, adding five or six new guys, cutting some guys. Obviously, roles change, and we've seen, I mean, Miles Bridges is tweeting out pictures of him with the Batman mask on after wins. Like, they're having fun, and to be able to have fun and really succeed in this league, you need enforcers. You need people that will step to when problems arise, because, I mean, it's going to happen. It's a long season. No doubt. Uh, Hunter, you know, speaking of what you said about Cliff there a minute ago, uh, when the fight broke out at the end, for those that haven't seen the video, he's shaking hands with Steve Kerr, and they both turn to realize there's like a, uh, you know, a raucous, you know, behind them. There's a fight breaking out, and Steve Clifford, you don't need to be a professional lip reader to see that he says, "What the bleep is going on?" Right, <laughs> and it has spawned maybe the best memes and gifs on the entire internet. And parents, this one applies to parents especially. Because my favorite was, you know, when you see your kid doing dot, dot, dot. It was perfect. Like yesterday, I told Smoke, we give my kids mac and cheese for dinner. We turn around 30 seconds later, and my son is using the mac and cheese as shampoo. And in that moment, I feel like <laughs> Steve Clifford, what the bleep is going on here? So, I mean, we, we could, we've all been Steve Clifford at one point or another. Um, Hunter, something else I want to get to you about here. Steve, I've asked this of several guys already in these conversations over the last week. I want to know where you come down on Cliff's ability to coach for his job let's say and a lot of folks think he's gone regardless because of new ownership there are a lot of fans that want him gone but do you think that he's being given the opportunity to coach for his job here in these final 30 games i think this is the golden opportunity for him man. and i mean you talk about a five and one start since they got the new guys in following the deadline you talk about i mean the biggest standout for me is you know he's a defensive-minded head coach and we talked about this last time we were Last time I was on the show, he comes out and says pre-deadline, 
I failed at this. We're 29th, we're 30th in defensive efficiency in the league. And then you come out after the break, right? And now the Hornets are one of the best defenses in the league. They're 5-1. and one. They're holding teams. I mean, you look at the score the other night, looking up in the fourth quarter, and I'm like, they have 80 points? Like, what? What year is this? What are we watching? <laughs> and that's the deal with the Hornets. They're getting their hands in passing lanes. They're number one, in, number one in deflections per game. They're holding teams to just 20%, around 23% from three. As as they get guys like Mark Williams back, as they get LaMelo back, which I'm told that will be sometime in the next week, you'll get to see number one on the court. You think this is this golden chance for him to coach for his job. There isn't necessarily a decision made yet at this point. What is the point of hiring or like promoting an interim head coach, letting Steve go? He's definitely going to get a shot to prove what he can do for this franchise in the last 20-ish games of the season. And I think obviously having a real bench is huge for him. Having guys, he said it the other night, a direct quote is we have guys that are actually trying. Like that sounds funny, but he means that. And you're seeing it. Show up in the box score. Show up. Show up nightly. And I mean, six game sample size. Do you feel good about it so far? They got two games with the Bucks. Those are like the reality check, gut check games because the Bucks are obviously a great team. Hey, uh, Hunter, a couple quick things to let you go. D- does it seem to you like Brandon Miller is hitting maybe his version of a rookie wall right now? And it's not a bad. I mean, his version is not bad, but it seems like the legs have been a bit heavy lately, and the uh, field goal percentage has followed. I think that this is one of those times where he's. I mean, we talk about the addition of five or six new guys on the offense. We got different guys handling the ball. I think he's just kind of figuring out a new way to play within the team, right? They were relying on him heavily before the trade deadline. Like, if he didn't score 30, 35 points, they were going to get blown out. And obviously, I think it's more of a testament to him. Yes, it hasn't been his best stretch of games, but the kid has been outstanding. And where I've seen him really jump is around the rim. Early in the season, he's shooting, I believe it's, 54% 54% five feet are in, which you think about you're around the rim, you're a six, nine wing. You got to be, you got to get that percent up. You got to attack the rim. You got to play through contact. Since then he's up to 62%. It's a marginal jump, but you think, Hey, this guy can play and he's continuing to grow. He's going to put on weight this off season, put on some pounds to be able to finish through that contact, continue to get through the line. I think he's going to be one of the best three level scorers. And I think he's headed towards that all NBA potential, but he's definitely learning a new offense to play in. I mean, we talked last time about Trey Mann, Michich, a lot of different guys handling the ball, including Cody Martin, who actually played really well the other night. Hey, last thing I'll let you go. I've had one or two people these last several days lament the fact that the Hornets might be playing themselves out of the top four in the lottery, which I think is comical. Uh, you and I have talked about the, the draft being the opposite of last year's draft in effect. So I'm not going to ask you who you think they, could, they should draft, unless you want to offer that up. But what kind of piece should they be looking to add in the draft coming up? What position, what kind of piece? I would look for probably the 3-4 again. I mean, you talk about someone who can play either forward position, could even slide to the 5. There, There's a couple of big guys in the draft. Everyone that I've talked to scout-wise, as you mentioned, is not necessarily – they don't, this draft isn't comparable to last year's. There's not an alien in the draft like Victor. I'm not sure that there's – 100% surefire in the top five based off the folks that I've talked to. I think you try and get a four, though, because last time we spoke, I told you I thought Miles Bridges was a little bit of a tweener between the three and four, but they rely on him to play that four at times with Brandon at the three. I think you get someone for that position, and I mean, you have the ability to move Miles to the three, Brandon to the two, with Melo at the one. You get a true four that can both face up and step up from beyond the arc. 
I mean, I think you pair that with another seven footer and Mark Williams and you're good to go as far as the front court's concerned. So that's, that's where I'm shooting if I'm the Hornets front office. Well done. Hunter Bailey, we appreciate you, brother. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Thanks, guys.